welcome to Radio Plays. We are interviewing the author of Rabbit on the Print, Ryan Armstrong. I'm David Soika. Accompanying me is Sean M. Dale. How you doing, Ryan? Hello. Ryan, thank you for joining us today, man. It's good to see your face. And it's good, good to see you. Good to hear you. You know, we're actually really glad that we got a chance to do one of your plays. I know you passed on a few of them to us last year, and, and um, we're really happy to have been able to produce Rabbit. So how did you first get started as a playwright? Tell us a little bit about your professional path. Well, um, starting as a playwright it first goes back to starting writing. And um, my third grade teacher, Miss White, um, really got me into writing because I was, I don't want to say acting out, but I was very talkative and disruptful and don't want to say class cut down either, but um, she, she said, hey, Ryan, why don't you sit down and write? Write all these ideas out. That's where that came from. And then as soon as I went into middle school, high school, that's when I started to get into the theater and finding that avenue as well is, hey, I can put all this down and make a little scene or a play all by myself. So I started to do that as well. How did it feel like going from like there to like working more professionally towards it? Uh, I wrote through college and I mean, put on themes and everything. And as soon as I got out, I was a lot more active into the writing and getting plays out and then starting to submit them to contests and them being collected by the theaters and putting them on. Um, first one to do that was in uh, Lafayette, Colorado. And the theater there, um, they put on a couple of my plays and absolutely loved it. And um, then started going throughout the states. And next one was in Pennsylvania. And um, one of the plays I submitted to uh, the Lafayette Theater was actually published. So then I went from just a working playwright to a published playwright. And with that company, I moved forward with one of my one acts, Owl's Right, uh, which actually was just uh, produced just this last month in Wisconsin. Nice. Where in Wisconsin? Uh, Wisconsin Rapids. Oh, okay. Nice. And that they had not put on a play there in 15 months going through the pandemic. So my play was the first live play they put on as the pandemic was closing. Do you think that's like lowered the standards or really raised the standards for what people you <laughs> Do you think people are like, oh, whatever, just give me something? Or were they like, this is what I waited 15 months for? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I hope the first, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, it got a uh, great review. Um, it was actually on the news oh, that's uh, awesome. there. So very proud of that. Name. Yeah, that has to be quite an honor, you know, to be the first play for a theater right out the gate of this pandemic to be produced live. That's really quite an accomplishment, man. That's really cool. And from everything they sent me, it looks like they did a fantastic job, and I'm so proud to see everything and what they're putting forth. So how does that work? Did they send you a live stream of the actual... No, no, unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch the whole thing, but they did send me um, little videos they used for advertisement or pictures and or any kind of poster advertisement they did, and it was... I knew they did a great job. They hit it right in the nose. So, do you do a lot of the, your research on the theaters that pick up your plays before you like sub, before or when they submit them to or you, or do they just? How does that whole relationship work out? It depends. Sometimes it depends on what the theaters looking for. Um, and some of them I've written. One of them that I got published actually um, 
that they put on in uh, Pennsylvania, the whole play had to be centered on blaming it on the weather, basically. So I wrote a play called The Rain Problem, mm. and they loved it. They put it on there. The next year, another theater in Pennsylvania put that on, too. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then through that, it, yeah, it got published uh, with Tier Publishing, and um, there's like been like four other theaters now throughout the United States that have bought it and put it up pre and post and pre and during the ben- uh, pandemic. So. so you've had a good amount of work throughout the pandemic. A lot of people at least being able to see and, and produce your stuff. Yeah. And I, I mean, what I've noticed most right now is uh, comedy and something a little uplifting uh, is what's being picked up. I can't imagine why. <laughs> So what were like your big writing inspirations? The first ones, the ones where you thought, oh, that's that's kind of my jam. And then if there's anyone now that sort of you, even if they're not necessarily a current writer, but current for you inspiration, you know? Well, out of, I mean, without going to playwriting just off when I was young, I loved um, Stephen King, Louis L'Amour, uh, all the classics, of course. And then... As I've been a playwriter or studied in college and so forth, people that have really uh, stuck with me, um, David Mamet, Yasmina Reza, um, actually, and uh, August Wilson, of course. Mm. Um, mm. And I, I, I absolutely love Martin McDonough. His plays, of course, and then the movies he's done so far are fantastic. And, of course, uh, Rebecca Gorman O'Neill. Do you think there's something all those writers sort of have in common that draws you to them? Or do you think it's just, you know, they're really good writers and therefore you enjoy it? Well, they're really good writers. But uh, the characterization and I, I don't want to say for everything they write, but I, I just know the conversation, um, the dialogue, how nicely that flows with that particular play they're writing for that moment. And a lot of the themes become uh, art ever more uh, apparent today than when they wrote it, whenever they wrote it. I mean, mm. especially with August Wilson's plays, I mean, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom mm-hmm. uh, was just up for Oscars earlier this year. Yeah. Um, and watching that on Netflix, uh, it still resonates today. I mean, even though it's for that particular time and period, a lot of it still resonates. As a writer, that's wonderful, but, you know, some of the things may not be so hot of what what resonates so Mm -hmm. so then speaking of things that resonate with you and thinking about rabbit onto print being a current event piece you know what about this story you know in particular prompted you to write about it well originally i wrote the rabbit onto print um a few years ago when i was writing um there's a program called uh 31 Plays, 31 Days, um, and it's throughout August, and it's a company that does that. You can look it up online. Fantastic uh, piece of exercise, and you can find something from that and just keep going. But really, it's, it, it gives you, the writer, you have to write one play a day, at least one page. So the first 10, 12 pages of that play, um, I, I mean, since then, I've you know, reorganized it and such, but that whole idea of, the uh, ludicrous story of the giant rabbit. Um, that was the first 10 minutes that I wrote back then. Um, and the story, actually, the oversized rabbit and fighting 
um, the city uh, for code and so forth. Uh, that was actually in the newspaper that I read that morning. Wow. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I like this story. And so I went off that. <laughs> and then that sat there for a while. And 2008, when the Canadian ground paper terrorists were put on and so many newspapers were struggling, I brought that back up and finished the play. Um, I think that really stuck because it wasn't, it wasn't all just sadness and everything. Working in the workplace, like everybody has, you know, the class clown, you have uh, other people you meet in the workplace that um, it's all not sad. Sometimes it's just talking, going on with life and so forth. I kind of want to mix all that, more of a dramedy. So you mentioned like, yeah, just getting inspiration out of the um, the news. But um, when you actually sat down to say, like, I'm going to flesh out this 10 pages that I have, what was like research for you for fleshing out like all of the stuff with the tariffs and the process of being a writer, the writer's room? Mm-hmm. Well, in college, I wrote for the college paper. So um, I knew a sense of what it was to be in a newsroom, <laughs> even mm-hmm. if it was just a college paper. I mean, it's a, a chaos. I mean, a very controlled chaos, but it's it is chaotic and um, just understanding what everyone's doing, running around doing something, why you're trying to write your piece and get that out. So my experiences there were a lot. And I also had a um, independent study with an actual writer, reporter, and I went a lot through that as well. But I, I try to put in a lot of my experiences with it, um, even if it's just, it wasn't, you know, a professional paper, but it was the college paper, which um, is a lot of work as well. Yeah. Going back, your writing, it seems to be influenced by a wide range of themes and genres. So did your time in the newsroom influence that? And what kind of styles do you particularly gravitate towards? Yeah, the time in the newsroom really influenced that because in the paper I read about girl with gigantic rabbit, whereas I could have gone straight to that. But no, let's take it from the journalistic point of view and see what that is and or ridiculous is how can we one up that and get our story in? So um, I went that route um, just because I've had that experience. Um, as I say, write what you know. But <laughs> um, and I uh, think as far as themes or genres, I've always liked the naturalistic plays, and then with my comedy, tragicomic. Mm-hmm. As I said, the dramedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all cries. It, it is a comedy. We may not get the joke, but it's a comedy. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel that you sort of set out to write, like, funny scenes, or do you just find yourself naturally being like, well, this is funny and I'm going to put it in because that's how people talk? Or do you say, like, well, that last scene was kind of heavy, so now we kind of need a lighter scene. Like, what's your sort of, like, methodology? Uh, with something like this, I, I, I'll use the word tragic at with what happened to all the newspaper, all the people who work in newspapers and what they had to go through. I don't want to make this just a straight, uh, you know, Russian play and just like everything <laughs> just falling apart and falling downhill. But it's an, an, an impending doom that we all know that everything went under. Um, most things went under, how to change things and everything, but on that year when they put that through. But again, it's not all tragic. Depending on the situation, I, I, I kind of always have to write something funny in there. There has to be something that lightens the mood, and then you can bring it down again. Or yeah. I mean, 
Lightens the mood and then brings it down again. But you can't have it all be sad. I mean, you can. No one would want to watch it, but you can. (laughs) (laughs) What prompts do you use for your writing? It it can be a number of things. Um, The one that just went on in Massachusetts, um, that, I mean, my wife had said something, and the way she said it, it was just like, oh my God. And so I went down, and that one was just a month or a month or two ago I wrote that, and it just spilled right out because it, it just cavemen, and that's the problem with wheels. They always roll away from you. And it's just <laughs> that one line, somebody saying to, that to me, and it's just kind of like, there it goes. But, I mean, it, it really can be anything, um, conversation, uh, reading something, like with Rabbit on the Print, and then uh, something you see on a movie or TV, just like, just a little spark or something, not necessarily, you know, plagiarism, but just kind of like an idea. It's like, oh my God, you can blow it up into something else. So. When did you write Rabbit? How long ago was that? When you like made it a full play and were like, done, here's my play. Oh, that was probably uh, beginning of 2019. Okay. And like, how many plays do you think you've done since then? Oh God. Um, I mean, are you counting just full length? Anything you it? consider a play. Oh, Okay. Uh, over, I'd say, at least 25. Nice, because that makes my question way better. Okay. How much of Rabbit do you, like, remember off the top of your head? Like, the character names and stuff like that. Like, how much can you just be like, yeah, I wrote this two years ago and I've written 25 other things. Here's all the characters, their relationships. Like, how good are you at, like, recalling that information? Oh, uh, pretty well. Um, so usually, if, we, usually if we asked you, like, Rabbit trivia, you think you could go, like, 10 for 10? Oh, Oh, no. oh, this now. Okay. Um, <laughs> we play out? Okay. Um, I could certainly try. No, I, just because, oh, like, sorry. as. Oh, so, oh, so we're not going to no, play no. now? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been editing it. I think I know this play front and back. So. <laughs> but, uh, no, I just asked because, um, as an actor, and I know a lot of actors who are this way. As soon as the process is done, those lines are in the ether. You can get them back if you, like, went and checked your script. But, like, it's gone. Um, Like, I'll have trouble remembering the names of characters I read. So I wondered, because the writing process is very different than the acting process, just obviously, inherently. So I I was curious um, if you felt that, like, all of your plays sort of, like, stuck with you more... um, deeply in your mind or if you feel like some plays stick with you some don't some are easier to stick than others um wrapping up print that one sticks because i can feel what those particular ca- uh, characters were feeling or i mean as with an actor i mean what your character feels here and then like, okay well you can pull it out and be like okay well this is what they were going through mm-hmm. um or what i was going through um and how you work, <laughs> but no, I, I I know I mean all the characters in in Rabbit. I mean, most recently I've been thinking a lot about the Alice Wright that was put on in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and just going over all that in my head again. So now going back to Rabbit um, with all those characters and what they in particular moments I think it more, more so what sticks to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like in, um, I don't want to give anything away, but with what uh, Walter has to go through, and just yeah, particularly characters, I mean, just that <laughs> have to go through. 
do you do exclusively playwriting or do you ever find yourself writing any other way? Do you ever want to write a novel or anything of that nature? Uh, I do actually. And I actually had, um, last year, beginning of last year, I had my first book published. Oh, nice. The, uh, Dead of Denver City. Um, it was oh, actually yeah. just recently accepted by the Denver Public Library. Nice. Um, so it's there too, but you can also purchase it online. But yeah, I've, I've had short stories published. I've had um, poetry published, actually in the Rocky Mountain, the uh, now deceased Rocky Mountain News. But yeah, so I, I just write. You know, I have I've uh, that one book I've published. I've other manuscripts, trying to get those out there. But um, I always come back to playwriting because that is that's me <laughs> mm. congratulations on that that's really that's really impressive man with being recognized by you know being accepted by the denver public library no i i'm i was very pleased when uh denver uh, public library actually accepted that and um they loved it um they don't don't have a lot of fiction in their western historical section mm. um, so this was right down their street there I, I, you know, most people can kind of understand what the process of getting a book published would be like, but what is the process of trying to get your book into a library like? Well, uh, that one, I just submitted to them and they just in general said, hey, here's a book, this is what it's about, you know, Denver's within the public library and historical fiction about the beginning of uh, Denver. And um, she sent me to that particular department are the ones who have handled it like that and uh he said he just immediately liked it and wanted it and they don't get a lot of fiction mm-hmm. in that section of the library so do you also wear any other hats you know like actor director i know part of this question but you know i'm still curious as to where it's taken you um i am an actor director stage builder basically producer i run I, I don't know if I should say company, but own group called Gestures uh, with a Stage. And what we did is I wrote a play, usually just something from Mother Goose or a deal. I, I did Three Little Pigs with this one and wrote Three Little Swine. It, it's that story, but it's kind of turned on its head mm. and kind of all uh, Shrek or something like that. And we uh, put it on at the Ronald McDonald House for Children's Hospital here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, I directed it, had a bunch of my college acting colleagues and a family member, and they all took the parts. Uh, I made the, most of the costumes, the set, uh, built the stage walls, and we put it on, and uh, the Long Dollar House loved that. It's where the family stay while their kids are in the hospital for a long period. Right. We've mentioned you've got a book that you just published and got put in the library, all of the plays that you're currently doing. What are the like big projects you're working on right now? Well, I'm working on so many different. Um, what Maybe I just your favorites. Finished. Tell us which of your children you like the most, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them I just finished that I had a lot of fun with is a comedy, um, more theater of the absurd, the western, and it's called the uh, the dead guy at Madame Pearl's Wet Whistle Saloon. I'm already it's, in. It's kind of a little bit of a, a mystery but more all on theater serve. And there's a little hint of farce in there as well. But. So if you were to like either, you know, be giving a, a TED talk or go back in time, talk to yourself, you know, what's your like 
your advice you would give a, a younger writer or like a younger you whatever oh uh, don't stop that as clear and as uh, confusing as that is don't stop just keep writing whatever you're doing whether it be um, short stories books plays poems or things don't stop um because life is going to throw so many things at you and um, you know certain famous authors will say write this many number of page uh, number of words a day yada 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 that's not always how it works <laughs> um, things happen um, so just don't stop keep going it's going to be tough but just keep going amazing advice and and that can go that could be all encompassing not just for writers but for all creatives really you know just keep finding work that um, inspires you to keep going even just a, even if it's just a little nugget every day of something that keeps you moving in that in that direction yeah so remind the audience where you're currently based at and where people can keep up with you oh currently uh, in uh, Denver Colorado um, I have a Facebook page which you mentioned i also have an instagram which is writer ryan armstrong and i'm in the works of making a writer page and that information will be up for amazing it's been really cool talking with you again ryan and especially about your work and i know that over these last you know been well, many years every time that we've chatted back in denver um we had always talked about finding a way to work together and do your work. And I'm really so glad that it came together in this particular As way. And here's to many more because you're a great writer, great friend. And so I just, I hope we keep this collabo going as we've always done. Absolutely. I'm excited. And for anybody who wants to go back and listen to it again, uh, Rabbit Onto Print is always going to be online on Spotify and anywhere else that you find your podcast. So thank you again, Ryan, for, for coming out here and speaking with us. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, man, we'll chat. We'll K-I-T, you know what I'm saying? Ooh, don't like that one. <laughs> oh, God, it was worse. It was the worst. It was the worst. It was like on everybody's yearbook, man. K-I-T. Anyway, K-I-T, okay? K-I-T. K-I-T, buddy. (laughs) All right.